Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you are listening to Charlie's Corner, a segment hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Well, welcome to today's podcast. We Today, we have a great guest. We have Tracy Ant, who is the Senior Vice President and Head of Field Sales and Execution at the Hartford. Uh, so welcome, Tracy. Thank you very much for joining us today. Charlie, so great to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and, and just as a disclaimer, you know, Tracy's uh, been with Hartford for a few years. I spent 30 years at the Hartford, uh, so we have a lot in common from that perspective. So, Tracy, the first thing I wanted to, to talk to you about, since we're six, seven months into COVID, if you can kind of briefly give us a, an idea of the impact it's had, you know, on the Hartford, on the insurance market in general, in any specific industries. And I'll just leave it at that and let you... Uh, let you talk about it. Yeah, sure. Let, let me take those one at a time, Charlie. First, you know, suddenly we're going on or in, in the middle of month seven of, of work from home. Uh, you know, the pandemic back in March, um, you know, the Hartford in particular, uh, we, we sent 19,000 employees home to work remotely. And, and, and thankfully, we, we didn't skip a beat. We were uh, re- remote ready and um, video capable. And so from, from that standpoint, um, I wouldn't call it business as usual, but uh, certainly felt like we could serve our, our agents, brokers, clients uh, w- without, without a pause. I think that um, what we're probably uh, most proud of, and I hope everybody had felt us um, be flexible in listening to our, the, the stories of our, of our business partners, you know, restaurants that were shut down, um, hospitality organizations that changed exposures, you know, billing flexibility extensions. And so I, I think that you would all view the Hartford as a company that really tried to listen to the, the hardships of our, of, our, of our clients. You know, in, in terms of how we are underwriting and what has changed, and, and we can get into that as deep as you'd like, but you know, our appetite um, hasn't hasn't really changed. Certainly, we're underwriting exposures, maybe in a different way. There's there's a lot more questions to ask given the environment you know that we're in. Not not just with the with the global pandemic, but the social unrest and uh, you know the economy uh, in the state that it's in. And, and so, underwriters are doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're making sure they understand exposures and and maybe newer exposures that didn't exist. And so, I, I feel good about. Our consistency, um, again, appetite hasn't changed. I would say there's probably some areas where we are proceeding with caution. Um, think of a restaurant uh, trying to understand, um, you know, what does the future look like uh, at, if it comes in as a as a new prospect to us. Um, there, there's a, there's a few more questions to understand. Um, you know, what, what will the revenues look like? What's the workforce look like? Um, but by and large, I feel really good about about where we've been able to serve again that consistency piece to to our agents and brokers. To your point about the flexibility, I, I think I think the Hartford and the in- industry in general has been very flexible in the way they dealt with the the COVID issue and giving flexibility on payment on terms. So I think that's been that's been great. Uh, when you talk about the underwriting piece of it. And the different underwriting controls. What do you see, if anything, at this point in time, from a loss control standpoint? And I'll give you an example. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of talk about the UV light that could be out there that could kill any airborne viruses. Is that something that that you're following from a loss control standpoint? So for restaurant places of assembly, that that would be a critical component from a control standpoint? You know, I would I would say in general, our risk engineering, our claims division, everybody's had to, to pivot a little bit, Charlie, right? So just like underwriting is focused on did this business change? Are there different exposures that um, were, were unanticipated? You know, we're employing uh, new ways of understanding risk uh, so that we can, frankly, put proper coverage pricing program structures in place. And so our risk engineering, you know, the, the, the areas that you're alluding to, uh, we're, we're studying new things all the time. We're doing remote work. Uh, and, and really trying to learn as we go and and um, become more efficient in the process. So I think that uh, it's it's been a, a huge learning process for us. Exciting, um, you know, stressful at times, but lot, lots of education going on. And from a business results standpoint, I'm, you know, from our vantage point, we've seen a big impact on small commercial. And I think you probably have too on the small commercial side. What's been the, the results on the business side for middle market. Yeah, sure. So, um, and and would love to get into, you know, what's going on with the Hartford middle market, but I would say that uh, your comments are in line with what we've seen at the Hartford. Small business uh, uh, feeling a much greater impact, you know, in those, particularly those early stages of, of, of COVID. Uh, I, I think the new business uptick, um, it, it's been exciting to watch in small. And I think in in the segment that I spend most of my time in middle, not as much impact in terms of shutdowns, but rather exposure uh, changes with certain classes of business. So um, we, we've already talked about a few, but think of hospitality, restaurants, hotels, that, that looks very, very different. And so it's been more of a, a slowdown and then an anticipation of what does what does the future look like? We afforded a lot of flexibility on payment terms and billing. And and so we feel pretty good about our, our client base and um, the resiliency with which uh, our agents are, are, are working through um, some of the hardships that the clients have gone through. But I don't think middle has seen quite the impact as, as small has. One of the concerns I have, and, and I'm curious to know in terms of what you think from an endorsement activity and modifying those exposures downward, if that's been, if there's been a lot of that, because the concern is next year when audits are done, that there's just a ton of return premium audits. Uh, do, you, do you feel comfortable overall that, you know, clients made the exposure reductions that they needed to make to prevent that next year? We do. And, you know, data is a wonderful thing when you put it to work. And so, as you might imagine, endorsement activity exposure changes you know by by geographic region by industry are all of the indicators that you know we measure and look at and and try to predict into the future Charlie so I, I feel good about um, the support that we at the Hartford have with both claims our data analytics team our operations team in order to really understand it's really that multi-dimensional um, it, it's geographic it's industry it's size. 
Um, but we feel we feel good. We look at it every every day, every week, every month. We track it. We compare it to last year. And so uh, I think there's there's uh, trends that we're understanding. Now now who knows in, into the future, right? Um, if if we have another episode, um, you know, we're accounting and underwriting for that, but it remains to be seen what that what that could look like. Yeah, thanks for those comments, Tracy. Now moving more toward. Uh, Hartford's products and, and what I perceive as some of the challenges that uh, that we have on the insurance side, and you have more specifically when you look at, you know, we've got COVID, we've got windstorms, we've got another hurricane coming toward uh, toward Louisiana, we've got the wildfires, uh, we've had floods. Uh, you know, there's you know there's a lot of cat losses out there, a lot of challenges. Uh, there's you know the interest rates are zero, so there's no money to be made at, you know, in in fixed uh, fixed investments. So with that backdrop, when you're looking at it from a market standpoint and where you where the Hartford's going to focus from a from an industry's perspective, can you give us some highlights there? I sure can. Uh, you know, I can't think of a time in my many decades old career now where we've had this many disruptors at the same time. So, so everything that you just rattled off, Charlie, from, from weather to, and, and right, the wildfires aren't something that, you know, 20 years ago uh, were, were so prevalent and global pandemics, you know, e- economic downturn, social unrest. So all of those things are, again, are emerging risks that we talk about every day and relative to, you know, our portfolio. So if I think about middle market at the Hartford, we are seeped into industry. And so I, I hope, again, all of your organizations are feeling um, the depth of, of our industry play. And, and that's within you know, what we have traditionally called middle market or general industries. So whether it's retail, real estate, wholesale, manufacturing, you know, business services, technology, life sciences, to, to name a few, construction. Um, we are watching, you know, all very closely um, how those things affect, you know, our portfolio. When, when I think about property, uh, our models are getting more sophisticated. And, and so it just gives our underwriters more tools that they can use to inform the underwriting. So uh, at the Hartford, uh, we, we uh, focus on the tool not being the rule, but we, we are guided by you know, what those sophisticated tools, particularly in the property area, are telling us, and then put our underwriting hats on and, and use the art to uh, put a program, you know, on the table that uh, hopefully are, are, is mutually beneficial to both the, you, uh, your clients, and, and us. You know, I, I think depending upon the industry, if I think about construction, you know, our feeling at the Hartford is that um, a, a little bit of a, a slowdown. Um, but we do think that it'll flatten out, but come back in the next three to five years. And I, and I think that, you know, our depth in construction, it's wide ranging from guaranteed cost to project work. We can get into any, any, uh, of these in depth, Charlie, if, if you'd like, we feel bullish about, again, pending, um, something that looks very different with a second wave, uh, about the future of a lot of the industries we're in. On the construction piece, when you're, you know, you're fairly optimistic about the construction industry coming back. Uh, can you differentiate there between your feelings on that from a commercial real estate standpoint versus, you know, just infrastructure construction? Uh, you know, do you feel as bullish on both of those or is one, or one more than the other? 
You know, I, I think I think we're all watching uh, real estate development uh, very, very carefully. Um, you know, we've we've got a, a real estate industry focus as well, and so you can imagine that our construction and real estate teams come together often. I, I, I think that that's probably to be determined as you know we we understand you know going forward what what the new world will look like. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that off the table, but that probably. Uh, ha- has a little bit more uh, proceed with caution, perhaps, uh, than than some of the other areas. And you know, the, the trade contractors um, in the lower end of middle and and the true middle um, is what we continue to focus on with with a you know a, an emphasis on all of our middle market book in the, in the lower end as much as the true middle. Yeah, you know, on the construction side in particular, would you see any transition toward writing more residential contractors in the future as, you know, if commercial slows down for the next couple of years or uh, from an underwriting standpoint, uh, just because of the uh, construction defects, do you see that that not happening? We're not um, on the retail side. The Hartford isn't your residential, you know, contracting go-to market. Um, not, not the area that we focus on. The Navigators acquisition, uh, Charlie brought to us other capabilities, some of which are through the wholesale channel, and so there are some capabilities and appetite in in the uh, the legacy Navigators now now Hartford wholesale side of things that include some of that. But uh, on the retail side, um, that is not where we have historically played, and and uh, that wouldn't be a, a target for us into the future. Well, since you met, you mentioned navigators, why don't we transition a little bit to talk about, you know, product offerings in uh, in middle market in specific industries, and then you know we can touch it a little bit more deeply with the navigators acquisition brought to the Hartford. So excited to be able to talk about you know the journey that the Hartford has been on for the last really three to five years, so much focused on the middle market segment and. And so we have been busy at work, focused on differentiating our products and services, expanding you know our product breadth and our reach, and you know with the acquisition of Navigators brought a whole host of specialty products to us that, you know frankly when we came to you five six seven years ago we we didn't have a full offering and so I'll give you an example and and, and you know our multinational offering. Um, didn't come to us completely through navigators. We've built that from ground up, but we, we, we didn't necessarily have an offering that um, you might have had confidence in. Today, we've grown a direct network and multinational. We've gained a standalone retail umbrella excess group that, as you can imagine, in this market is, is seeing a lot of activity. And we've got a full suite of environmental products that you know our manufacturing and real estate books now have the ability to bolt on products that those those clients and prospects need a lot of time and effort. We've invested in specialty talent. Um, I think about life sciences and and energy and the people that we have brought in to expand, you know, the offering that we have for you. So that um, no longer are we a company that can't put a holistic program together. And in fact, I, I think we've perhaps leapfrogged some of our competitors now with what we have to offer. So feel really, really good. You know, another small company that we acquired called Y Risk. 
dedicated to the sharing economy, just allows us to have deeper conversations about real risk that so many more of our mid-market clients are now experiencing. So technological advancements. And so, you know, the lower end of middle is uh, a huge focus to us, Charlie. And I, I think we would all agree that we've got to find a better way to become more efficient. And so think of the back and forth that uh, we all go through to, to just get a quote out. Well, we've got, you know, automatic ingestion of loss runs and accord forms that um, are taking days, hours off of what a process that has been certainly very, very onerous in the past. And so we're looking forward to serving all of you on that lower end of middle as you know, an additional offering different than we have before. Hopefully you'll feel an efficiency that gives us a lot more time to talk about risk with you and, and your clients. So you brought up a lot there that I want, I want to probe a little bit more on, but, but let's first, uh, you know, in terms of specific industries, let's say for 2020, 2021, from a business planning standpoint, where do you see that the industries that you really want to grow and to use the word, if you could dominate those industries, what would those be, Tracy? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And um, I, I like the word dominate. I feel so great about our technology and life science business within within this general industries, you know, umbrella of businesses um, with our E&O offering, our cyber offering, you know, the, the legacy navigators product liability, you know, we've, we've just launched a new form, Charlie, uh, that is, is I think game changing for us. So feel great about that business. Manufacturing is a business that we're really, really good at. It's, it's a business that, uh, again, we now have more product to be able to offer to round out the coverage, uh, that, that our clients, your clients need for that, business services, including education, personal services, uh, finance, insurance companies, th- those are all targeted industries that um, you know we have historically been in and continue to grow at a faster pace than some of the other businesses. Real estate and retail, um, is, it's a big part of our book. And uh, I think we continue to learn how to help our clients. And frankly, that's an area you know where innovation over time will help us. I, I think of you know, water detection, water sensors, th- those kinds of things are, you know, when you're industry focused, you have to be on the cutting edge of those kinds of uh, risk mitigating tools that will help our clients. So I, I would say technology, uh, business services, manufacturing, real estate are really our focus. Now, from a manufacturing standpoint, could you take a, you know, just a, a quick minute to talk about complex casualty? Because I know you have a unit there and talk about what the complex casualty unit does. And- yeah, you bet. So uh, some some may uh, recall complex casualty uh, being referred to as specialty GL. And if you've been in the business as long as we have, Charlie, uh, individual risk was the was the former former name. Right. <laughs> uh, but but complex casualty is an offering. It's a general liability and products liability offering that is focused. Uh, largely, but not solely, but largely on tougher risks, product liability, think manufacturing, industrial manufacturing, uh, where a a program structure that includes participation from from a client um, is is sort of at the heart of it. So retentions and deductibles where a client is participating, you know, in the risk. Uh, We we do write some premises liabilities, some real estate in there too, um, but it allows us to 
again, not shy away from a tougher risk with deeper hazards, but rather have a program structure that still allows us to, you know, write all of the other lines uh, and put a, a coverage in place that, um, you know, we, we feel good about in response to the client's needs. So it's, it's um, an alternative from guaranteed cost. And from a premium standpoint, what range of premium are you writing in complex casualty? You know, I, I would I would say um, we we probably do more on the higher side, so excess of a hundred thousand dollars in premium, but but we'll go down to fifty thousand, uh, and, and retentions vary. But I would say that uh, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, those retentions are going up, uh, maybe a little bit different from years past. And, and we're also trying to write. You know, there's a certain amount of manufacturing tough products risks that we can do in our guaranteed cost general industries area. And so we, uh, you know, maybe the great thing is we've got a couple of set of eyes on uh, on a risk, and we're talking to you know all of you about what is the appetite of the buyer because that's what it comes down to. What's the buying style? Um, what what is the risk taking ability of the of the client? Uh, but feel really good about that uh, is emerging to be something that um, we're using maybe in in different ways. And, and like I said, I think we're taking more risk on the guaranteed cost side too. And and going back to navigators, you mentioned a little bit about the pro, you know, that it it helped you out from a product liability standpoint. What are what are some of the other advantages from navigators on the admitted side? And then what is it doing for Hartford on the on the non-admitted side where you access through a wholesaler? I I think um maybe I'll I'll start with um making sure everybody's informed on the fact that our our field leaders, right? So our regional vice presidents and division executives who who are responsible for growing specific territories also have responsibility for selling into all of those products. And, and so we've actually divided up the Hartford middle and large offering into global specialty, which is a lot of the navigators products, uh, legacy navigators products, and then middle and large, which is where which is where I spend most of my time. But our our leaders are responsible for selling all of those so that when we walk into your office and we talk about a manufacturer, um, we should be talking about, you know, an environmental offering that is on the navigators or or global specialty side. Um, So it's all the financial products are being uh, led by Vince Tizio. Again, legacy navigators, now global specialty is the group. Um, Environmental Ocean Marine, again, another wonderful cross-sell for us. And then from that, we also, as I mentioned, the, the retail uh, umbrella excess standalone monoline umbrella unit, which is which is fast growing, as you would imagine. And we, we acquired uh, a media arts and entertainment division. So, so we're in that business, uh, which is exciting, as well as, you know, the, the life science um, business that we have was accelerated with the acquisition of the product liability capability of navigators. So full suite of products, uh, many of which are growing uh, very, very nicely with uh, with the addition of, of, of those new capabilities. Now, as far as um, when you look at changing gears again, when you look at rate for the rest of this year, next year, and if we can talk specifically about property, auto, and umbrella excess, I mean, what do you see uh, from your vantage point? 
you know, let, let's maybe start with the easy one, which is auto. I, I, I think uh, uh, we are not alone in probably communicating that it feels like we've been getting, you know, high single digit, double digit increases for, for several years now. And uh, this year and next year, um, I, I don't think we'll be different. Uh, the, the auto line is still not where it needs to be. I, I think we've made good progress. Um, but I would say sort of the trading range. And, and you know, we, we do look at every risk individually. Um, the trading range is, is wide in terms of um, what, what rate is being applied to an individual risk. But, but I would tell you um, between, you know, kind of 10 and 15% is where we see the book uh, with, with great risks uh, maybe being the exception to that. And, and that's in line with what the market indices are, are experiencing as well. Um, if I move to general liability, you know, uh, seems social inflation, right, is is um, is the new buzzword. But right. when you look at some of the uh, of the verdicts, um, it, it's real. The the uh, the severity of what's going on in in particular jurisdictions um, are areas that we just we have to take into account. We have to underwrite. We have to price for in the excess area. And, and so I think that um, general liability maybe a, a little bit slower over the past couple of years. But I would say you know, in the range of, you know, five to 8% is, is probably where we are seeing um, the book go in, in the guaranteed cost area. And I would say it looks a little bit different in that complex liability area. Uh, but, but the liability lines clearly are getting rate. And I would say, you know, umbrella uh, two-pronged approach now at the Hartford, we've got our standalone which is excess over other other papers, um, monoline umbrella, if you will. That market is probably double digit, you know, easily in most areas. And what kind of limits will you write in this in the standalone? Yeah, so so we'll we'll put up, um, you know, leads. I, I think we're we're not a big twenty five million dollar lead player, um, but we'll put up shorter limits in the lead, and and then we've got a, a excess capacity of of twenty five million, Charlie, that we'll put in various areas. And again, that's on the monoline side, um, 25 million over our own with the multi-line underwriter being able to do that. So we've got a couple of groups looking at umbrella excess, but we are finding in our monoline area, the ability to play all over a, a bigger tower. If, if you're trying to put you know, 25 or 50 million together or, or more, of course, we will uh, be flexible with underwriting exposures as to where where we can help you out, um, whether it's you know X of a ten million dollar lead or X of a fifty million or a lead five. So um, that's been wonderful for us, and I think um, uh, given us an advantage as capacity looks very different than it did a year ago in uh, in the excess in the excess space. And as I said, I think it's fair to say monoline um, double-digit increases at the moment. So, And just before we move on to property, one last question on that. Where do you stand in doing the excess over, you know, over auto, particularly if it's uh, a fleet operation? Is that something in play or no? Yeah, you know, we're underwriting that closely. So I, I think it all comes down to uh, how, how well controlled is a risk and what has been the history and you know, is is that credible enough to put um, feel good about putting some excess layers up? So uh, you know, we're not a transportation underwriter per se, uh, but but we have plenty of risks with with large fleets that we're underwriting and 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 putting a proper price on uh, in this market. And and when we can't get the proper price, 
you probably will see us not not play on those. But when when you can get a price that is sufficient to cover the excess losses, and that's what it's about in auto, right? Um, you will see you will see us uh, consider those risks. Now moving on to property rates, what do you see there? And because again, we we talked about the challenges on the property market a little bit earlier. Yeah, property has been such. Um, an interesting journey for all of us in this industry over the last couple of years. I, I might just point out before I before I give you some commentary on on what we're seeing. You know, at the Hartford, we've got property capabilities in small, in 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 middle as part of a package. We have a large property group that is that is homegrown, that is uh, as busy as anybody over at the Hartford now. And then we have some ENS capabilities as well. So as I talk to you about property, I would want you all to think about the Hartford and the multitude of areas that that we have that that might help solve some property property problems. But but in the package area, it really depends on on territory. And so CAD exposed territories you know, in the middle of the country and in, in the southern parts and over in the west, right, whether it's wildfire or hurricane or hail or tornado, deductibles are, 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 are going up, terms are changing or being right-sized, and we're seeing rate increases, I would say, in the double-digit areas, again, in those cat-exposed prone areas. Um, where you have less than that, you know, the, the general book is is probably set seven, seven, eight points, seven, seven to ten points. I would say trading range again is is wide, and um, you know we're we're taking one risk at a time. But I think with with the modeling that has gone on and and what we've seen with weather, we're being careful about getting information, making sure we have proper data. Uh, but we feel good about the property book. You know we've been really uh, smart and leveraged our data uh, across our portfolio with where we're exposed, you know, the wildfire journey has been fascinating for, for the industry. Uh, but property is tough right now. And again, a, a capacity issue in some cases. And so I would uh, uh, encourage everybody to think about the Hartford, both in, in middle and large. And we work very, very closely with, with our large property teammates. So the, another question I had, and it's kind of related to the property and to the, uh, to the excess one is what kind of impact are you seeing from a reinsurance standpoint in terms of cost increases? Uh, secondly, are you seeing uh, reinsurers put some kind of exclusion in the, in their terms and condition for viruses? You know, I, I would say, um, you know, for the industry, the, the general themes are the same, you know, for all of us. I, I think there's uh, fair to say a, a general tightening coming our way with factors uh, like, you know, low, low interest rate and lost trend inflation and, and, and the global pandemic, uh, as well as uh, the, the, the cats that have occurred. And so I think, Tightening, general tightening is probably the phrase that that I would use, and you know a deep dive into you know what 21 will bring with with potential exclusions that maybe didn't exist. So uh, I think the reinsurance market is moving similarly uh, as the primary market, right? Is in terms of what we can expect with with increases. Now, Tracy, just to give you an opportunity to talk about what Hartford is doing from a technology standpoint and any new services uh, to make the, you know, you you referenced this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but if you can just 
briefly go into a little bit of depth in terms of technology, uh, service differentiation, uh, you know, from a middle and large standpoint. I Again, I, I hope that when you all think about the Hartford, um, you are feeling us uh, in, in a very focused way around industry. At the same time, you're thinking about a product breadth that um, just didn't exist, you know, th- three or four years ago. We, as I said, we we spent um, a lot of time, effort, and money, talent, technology, um, product work in in getting there. So, so what I feel great about is there. There's few things that we can't do now. That doesn't mean we're going to write every line of every risk, but when we get your phone call, we should be able to help you out, if not on the whole risk parts of it, given given what I just said. And and our middle market has traditionally been, right, uh, for guaranteed cost buyers uh, with premiums, you know, that, that start uh, where small commercial stops between, you know, 75 and 100, I would say, on up to m- multiple millions of dollars. But, but our sweet spot is from 100 to, to, you know, kind of 700. And the emphasis uh, over the past 18 months has been on that lower end, Charlie. And, and so what, what you need us to do is become more efficient, right? To, to wring out some expense uh, so that we're spending more talking about the business of risk as opposed to you know the the constant back and forth with missing data and um, iterations on coverage specifications and those kinds of things. So what we're doing is we're leveraging technology um, to intake coverage specifications uh, in an automated way. Uh, we're leveraging technology to ingest losses so that an underwriter doesn't have to touch it. And so we're perfecting that. But but what you will see from us is a much faster way to get after um, that lower end. So, so think you know, 100 to 400 uh, so that we're spending more time quoting and less time uh, with, with kind of backroom business that uh, you're, you're, you're smiling. So backroom <laughs> stuff that takes up so much time and it's gonna, it's gonna free our underwriters up. And so we're, we're excited about it, uh, really excited about it. We've, we've put a lot of, as I said, a lot of time and money. And so, you will see the Hartford on that lower end, uh, hopefully make your lives easier. Uh, so so we'll, we'll ask you to try us out and we'll, we'll come out louder as we, as we get this thing off the ground. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm smiling about that because after being on the carrier side and going to the agency side, uh, you know, there were a lot of times I would tell the underwriter, I said, look, you got one shot at questions, right? Give them all to me at one right. time. Don't, ask me once and then come back and ask me a second time. And, and I think that's important to the agency plan to be more efficient, uh, particularly on those lower end middle market accounts. On the more complex one, complex ones, everybody understands that. But on the, on the smaller ones, you just need to be more efficient. It's great to hear that you're going to be using technology to do that. Yeah. And, and when you can, you know, pre-populate a, a portion of uh, the data requirements that are important to underwrite um, that that also makes it makes it easier. So um, we're still you know testing some things out, um, but but we're in play. And uh, uh, again, I, I'm excited for all of all of your agents to hopefully get excited with us about that. Work harder to to acquire more business and and solve solve some problems for you. 
Well, thank you, Tracy. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but this has been just a fabulous conversation. Thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you. It's been a pleasure, Charlie, and uh, appreciate the partnership. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner, brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.